So we'll get to some of your feedback. It has come in, and we are grateful for it, as always. Fastlane Nedlane, where you listen to podcasts, five-star reviews, of course. Or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But Trey and I, yes, there's some ego potentially involved. But, I mean, we, we bring up our picks even when they stink. It's about learning for what it actually means going forward with some, I don't know, maybe educated observations, which we'll throw out there right now. And you can judge whether they're actually helpful or not right now as we keep receipts. It's time to keep receipts. We told you we coming. We told you we coming. You thought we was joking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. To see how right or how wrong Ed and Trey are with their picks. Do you believe in that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. All right, Trey. How did last week go? Um, Three and eight for me. Six and six Ooh, for you. Three and eight. So I'll uh, you don't need. Six. Let's not. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. My my record. Uh, you now have taken the lead, 148, 143, and 5. 147, 144, and 5 for me. Uh, our, our best, both of us, Army-Navy game. Okay. Both of our worst. We just, let's just throw out Monday night. <laughs> we went all bad. Yeah, I think everybody was bad Monday night. Um, And then I got Buffalo, you got Kansas City, and then obviously you had Philadelphia, or I had Philadelphia, you had, you had uh, Dallas. So we move on to next week. And Trey, I'm gonna get my lead back. So, plan. so Trey, he, he, here's some interesting takes on the games last week because it's it's more about what they mean going forward. I don't know what to tell you outside of San Francisco being one of the best teams in the NFL when we saw what we saw on Monday night. Yeah, um, I think personally, like the AFC, it's everybody. It's three, te- of- it's three teams in the NFC, and then it's. That can realistically win it, and two of those I trust in the playoffs. One I don't, and I think you'll agree with me on that at least. Like the and the one I don't is is Dallas in the playoffs. I trust. I know Philadelphia can get to the Super Bowl, and I know San Francisco can get to the Super Bowl because I've seen it before. I trust Dallas at home, but not away. But I don't, I don't even gonna... trust. No, the, the but hold my on, whole hold lifetime. Up, hold up, Trey. I trust Dallas at home, not away. But I don't have. But here's the thing: they're not going to they, be home. Exactly. They have to go to Buffalo this week, and they still have Miami on the schedule. And you know that in and of itself. And Philadelphia has Seattle. If they get through, if let's say Philadelphia wins this weekend against Seattle, they play the Giants twice. Now that and could be Arizona. a little tricky because of the way Devito's playing. But Dallas has more potentially losable. Games. Are you Ita- are you trying to be Italian right now with Tommy Cullis? All right. Here's the other thing. San Francisco is probably going to get a home field advantage, and if not, it's more statistically more likely it would be Philadelphia. Home than field will come down to probably the game you can listen to right here on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg. Actually, you can listen to all these games. Uh, I think it's Christmas Day. Both games are Christmas Day. Philadelphia, New York, and then uh, Giants uh, or uh, San Francisco, Baltimore. That probably that ge- San Francisco Baltimore game probably determines. The winner of that game probably is the one seed in the respective conference. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the AFC is wide open. Um, I really like Buffalo. If they can get in, they, they, you know, they have the quarterback who's playing maybe the best in football, and uh, if they can get in, that's the thing. Everybody loves Buffalo if they can get in, but the big challenge that you have to remember is the whole if they can get in part Yeah, um, that, that has been dogging them at times. Josh Allen's an MVP caliber player. He's elevated himself in my eyes, and, and let's, let's be honest, the eyes of people whose opinions matter, former coaches and players, because they actually know this better than we do. Um, but 
they have issues still on defense at all three levels with Jones at the defensive line, Milano at linebacker, and then White in the defensive backfield. So there are still issues that are there. But frankly, Trey, every team in the AFC has got some level of concern. San Francisco is the only roster where if they're you know fully healthy right now, you go, all right, they've got it all. They have playmakers, and they're solid on all three levels of the defense. When Trent Williams is in there at offensive tackle versus not, it literally changes the entire complexion of the offensive line from dominant in run and pass block to atrocious in both of those for San Francisco. But they've got all the weapons around Brock Purdy, and he's played real well. I think people forget uh, that he's actually played really well. It's not just the weapons around him, which is why I'm probably a little higher than you are on on San Francisco. No, uh, I'm I'm right with you with San Francisco. I mean, they're, they're the clear. team to beat right now. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. I, I was just saying, like, I know San Francisco and I know Philadelphia can get to a Super Bowl. Yep. I don't know I don't know Dallas even if they play at home. Like they, you know, the last time they won the division, who they played a worse San Francisco team in Dallas and lost because Mike McCarthy is the Remember, Mike McCarthy is their head coach. He is the he is worse than Andy Reid in time management. And that's saying a lot. And Andy Reid's gotten a lot better in time management. Like Mike McCarthy even that game against, like, what was it? Philadelphia, he messed up time management. Like, in Washington, he's done it. Even in their blowouts, he messes up time management. So, I can't trust Mike McCarthy. And, you know, Fair. I just don't trust that team. Fair enough. More on these later, because we'll have our projections tomorrow. And, yes, Dallas and Philadelphia will be part of our votes of confidence tomorrow, along with a slew of college football games. We're going to, by the way, put college football bowl games, not the playoff, but the bowl games, in their own category, tray because there are a lot of them where it's just a crapshoot. It's fun, but, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I might just print out the ESPN thing, and we'll we, just fill that yeah, out. Yeah, we, we need two categories, Trey. And we can adjust the ESPN one, by the way, because those lines may change. We're going to do the line of whatever it is as we make the pick, not as you print it out, yeah, because I mean, that's going to change. Meant, I meant, like, I'm going to print it out for this weekend. and yeah, Perfect, gonna, perfect. And if anyway, I have to change it, I'll make two entries on the uh, – I got an idea. So, Trey, anyway, more on that. A couple of things. One is this. Al Michaels. NBC announcing he will not be on their playoff assignment this year. He's gotten a lot of criticism. I thought last last year's wild card round game where he just lacked any energy at the end between the Chargers and the Jaguars in that Jacksonville comeback against the LA Chargers was not a good look for Al Michaels and Tony Dungy. It sounded like somebody whose bet was about to die and he was disappointed by that. And look, even if you throw a coin down on a game, and I know some people when they're in the broadcasting profession at that level, it's something that's in their contract and they're not supposed to do. Michaels is kind of granted different status, and I get that. Uh, whether whether he had anything or not, I have no clue. But the doubling down part was not a good look. It was not one of his better moments. And, yo, that, that that's not good. I understand why you would because you're trying to defend yourself, especially late in your career. And Michaels is still one of the best broadcasters right there. But Jerry has a different point. He said, terrible call. Al is one of the all-time greats. Even if he slipped just a little bit, he probably will have a total of over 40,000 games he has broadcast at different levels before he hangs it up. For the most part, I agree with Jerry's point. I will say, though, and like tonight is an example, I don't think Al Michaels' energy level will be as high as what you hear when Westwood One has the call for us on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app at 7.30 p.m. for that highly anticipated Easton Stick LA Chargers game versus the whoever the Raiders put out there at quarterback game from Las Vegas featuring two teams that are probably going to have new head coaches by the time next season rolls around. Um, can I also add something? Yeah, sure. I think it's simple. You want to follow the money in this case. Um, 
NBC pays a lot of money for for what product that airs. You know, this game's actually going to air. This playoff game will probably air on a Saturday. So, what else do they pay a lot of money for? Something Their streaming good? service, Peacock. No, no. What sport? Similar to you know, it's similar to what happens in the NFL. College football. What particularly the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? No, nope, Big Ten. Other one. The Big Ten. There we go. Who no- calls the Big Ten? Noah Eagle, who is a rising star, and Todd Blackledge. Who are they having to call that game? Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. Who are they having to call their, I think, the Peacock game? They're doing, or whatever one's on NBC, maybe the Sunday night game. Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge, because you know why? They're already investing a lot into those two, because they're on Big Ten Saturday, whatever the song goes. Yeah. Big Ten Saturday night, so they're, you know, it's so I, it's just follow the money, people. Oh, well, 100%. And, and here's the thing, Trey. Much like I think Kirk Herbstreit's a great college broadcaster, and we've said that often. I think he does good for Thursday Night Football, too. I, I don't like him as much on the NFL. I don't think the expertise is quite the same, and, and he kind of looks like the guy. And I mean, he's doing the best he can, but he seems like he's worn down from doing so many things, from Thursday Night Football to college game day to then going from wherever game day is back to the site of the game. That'll change a little bit next year when the SEC is fully with ESPN, and they can uh, have game day on site at, at the same spot where their primetime game is or their big game of the weekend. But that that is a... Reality of those broadcasts, I like NFL guys who've had a high-level NFL experience or consistent NFL experience. Well, they got Jason Garrett, who they're oh. already discredited. Oh, I mean, look. That's you know, worse than Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, you know, I, it's hard to dispute I mean, that. Anyway, so Trey, yes, very good point, though, by Jerry, that you know Al Michaels has accomplished a lot, but I, I, br- I brush back a little bit. I think he's slipped just a bit in terms of his age. Still very good, but not quite what he has been in his heyday uh, as a broadcaster. Uh, Meanwhile, comments from Les. What did I tell you? Draymond Green was going to get the indefinite suspension from the NBA, which is exactly what ended up happening and needing to happen. By the way, thank you to Les and to everyone who chimes in. It's always great to to get feedback, fast lane, Ned lane, wherever you listen to podcasts. But to to Les's point on this, again, I, I thought you had to make this point because it had gotten to the point where it was out of hand. Frankly, it got to the point where Draymond Green's antics were out of hand before what happened, and it got to the point where we saw what we saw Tuesday night in Phoenix because the NBA had allowed it to get to that point. Shannon, meanwhile, chimes in and says, I was trying to say, or I'm going to say, that Green should get at least 30 games, or I wouldn't be opposed to a worst-case scenario of just dumping him, benching him, that is, suspending him, for the remainder of the season, given his history and complete lack of honest honest, honest contrition, not being very contrite for his actions. Um, I don't think the NBA wants to go that route. Again, you know me, Shannon. I'm all for the NBA being as severe as possible on this penalty. I will credit them for trying to get Draymond Green help because it seems like based on his continual repeat behavior, this is a problem. I also think some of it's the Warriors. Steve Kerr has enabled this. The Warriors as a franchise did because edgy Draymond Green was worth the one game here, five games there because that same edginess created an intimidating factor and allowed the rest of their pieces to function as basketball and poetry or poetry in motion the way basketball was for the Golden State Warriors in their heyday. And it's the price you pay and you allow the antics to continue. And then whenever it reaches a boiling point, you hope you have accomplished enough to where you can say it was all worth it in the end. And that's the Golden State angle focused on winning, but it's where the NBA as an organization has to step in and say, hey, there's only so much you're going to do. We have to do what's best for our product. And that's why it got to this particular point. A big thanks to Shannon and Les and Jerry for their comments. Fast lane, Ned Lane to keep weighing in. A big thanks to you as well for listening to us on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMAM Lynchburg, WMNA, 
Gretna Danville Southside. We're back tomorrow afternoon, 5 to 6. Looking ahead to the opening weekend of bowl games and the action that features some Virginia schools, plus Dave Wallace of WSET. All of that's still to come tomorrow in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.